This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They say that success is built on strong foundations. So when 20 years ago, when Stuart Watkiss took the reins of Mansfield Town's first team, a side which was full of his youth team starlets, fans dared to dream of achieving promotion. There were twists and turns along the way and it went all the way to the wire. But in the end, Watkiss and his side made dreams come true. Ball into the area for Kelly. Keeps possession. Drives it across the edge of the six-yard area. Cleared as far as Hassel. Back into the box it goes. And we're in front. Mansfield have it. And it's Andy White. It's absolutely nuts at field mill. Corner then. He's going to take this corner. Holds both arms aloft. The uh, referee waiting to give the signal. Williamson's on the goal line. Greenacres near the near post. Into the area it goes. Tankard heads it goalwards. It's in. It's Andy White. Andy White's made it 2-0. And now we have a little bit of a comfort zone. The referee looks again at his watch. It's just about over. Three seconds remaining. The referee's blown and Mansfield are promoted to Division 2. Scenes of jubilation at Field Mill. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast and 20 years on, we're recalling the stories from that historic campaign with those at the heart of it all. This is Stag Stories, the glory of the Amber Generation. Welcome back to another episode of Mansfield Matters Stag Stories. I am absolutely buzzing to get today's episode underway. This guy, if you've watched the Mansfield Matters podcast, you know me. You will know that this guy is one of my absolute heroes. The first footballer that I think I ever thought, do you know what? That is who I want to be. I really can't wait to hear these stories. We're going to be talking about the 0102 season as always, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of other stories in between. First and foremost, though, before we get into the crux of the episode, let's say hello to my usual co-host, my partner in crime for this series. It's Mr. Andy White. How are you, my friend? Hi, Craig. You okay? Yeah, very good, mate. Good to good to see you again. And you? Um, yeah, it's uh, getting through these uh, episodes now. It's really, really good. We've had some fantastic stories so far really looking forward to today's one what can you tell us about today's guest then well he's, he's, he's a hero of mine to be honest growing up because um we're from the same village believe it or not um so every kind of presentation we had for our village club he's played for adas which is a kind of 
well-known football club within the Alfreton district and Pilks used to play there as well. I then transitioned into uh, our local village team, Swanwick Penchich Road, and I know Pilks has made a few appearances there. And obviously, with Kev making it to Manchester United to the, to the dizzy heights of um, playing for the biggest club in the world, he was all, always a, a hero locally and always someone that we all looked up to. And obviously, when I came across him on playing for Stags, um, it was, I think it was a, a, a pre-season friendly at Matlock Town. I, I just saw Pilch walk through the dorm Right, this is it, yeah. Finally uh, get to play with my hero, if you like. Fantastic. I never knew that we had the same hero. That's that's ridiculous. I know, I know. Well, he is, I mean, and he's been a big inspiration to a lot of lads mm. locally as well. I was speaking to a few coming on to, uh, to tonight's show and they were always kind of, yeah, passing on, on their regards and, and kind of just kind of allaying how much of a kind of, local legend is really well let's bring in this local legend a, a hero of yours a hero of mine twice a stag it's mr kevin pilkington how are you my friend how are you doing you good yeah very good thank you thanks so so much for um coming on and uh, sharing your story it's going to be a great episode i never knew genuinely didn't speak to andy about this before i never knew that um you were one of his heroes as well that's just ridiculous i saw you little, little bit beaming sort of as he was talking yeah. about that as well yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's, it's weird that we both come from the same village and we, we richly grew up in the same circles and, and listen to Andy say that, it's, it's very, very nice of him to say that as well. Um, still got a lot of friends back there. My mum still lives in the same the same place as well and um, keep in touch with them, not um, just through Facebook and more and stuff like that, but like, I've, got, I've got so many friends back there that I, I, I stand in high regard. They're more my dad's friends more than anything. Um, and again, like Andy said, who I used to play football with at Swanwick Pentrix Road uh, and Adask as well. And uh, I, I think one thing is that I know because they were my dad's friends, they'd do anything for me. If I, if I ever needed anything, they'd do anything for me. And that's the nice thing about it and, and vice versa as well. So, um, yeah, some, some good people around Swanwick and, um, I've got um, a lot of good friends there as well. So talk to me a little bit about growing up because you, you mentioned sort of, you know, sort of growing up near Andy. I know you sort of grew up locally as well. I never actually knew that, that you were sort of a, a localish lad. Well, I, um, I, I well, I, I was born down, ironically, near Luton. I was born in Hitchin and um, my, my dad was from Nottingham. Um, so we moved up, up to, well, we moved up to Swanwick when I was five or six years old. Um, and then it was one of the things I went to, went to the schools, um, did okay at football and, and my dad made a lot of, like I just said then, a lot of good friends and I got to play football with them from a real early age and um, which, which stood me a good step really, because I was playing men's football at a very, very young age. I was playing at fo uh, men's football at 15, 16 years old, which when you get into the men's game, it's, it's not, um, it doesn't frighten you really. So uh, yeah, it was, it was great doing that. And uh, uh, again, through uh, the school I went to, Swanwick Hall School, uh, our, I can't remember what, it, I remember his name, Steve Thompson. I can't remember what he, it was religious studies or something like that he used to teach. And he was playing for a team at, uh, near Grantham, uh, Harrowby United. And they were struggling for a goalkeeper at the time. And he said to me, he said, do you fancy playing? I was like, yeah, okay. So I just went and played for them. And I was getting like 20, 30 quid a week playing for them. 
and that's how it all all developed really just doing stuff like that and like i say i played for played for adas from eight or nine years old up until 15 16. Um, it was one of them teams that used to win everything had some really good players there um, who some of them went on to to play play at a decent level as well um and then obviously Swanwick Penchurch Road uh, with the uh, likes of Phil Walters, Stuart Walters, Glyn Walters, as you can see, they're all related. <laughs> um, but really, really good people. Uh, honestly, salt of the earth and and I, I love them to bits because they, they are just genuine, genuine people. And like I just said earlier, they do anything for you. And that was it really. That was, that was growing up. It was just Weekends revolved around football. My dad would take me to, to play. I'd go and watch Forest on a Saturday. I'd go and see my grandma who lived in Nottingham on a Saturday morning, go and play snooker on a Saturday morning, and then go to watch Forest in the afternoons. And then on a on a Sunday morning when I was at ADAS, go and play, go and play there. And uh, yeah, that, they're the memories I had of, of growing up, really. Crazy. When was it that you first uh, encountered uh, Pilks then, Andy? What what age was, did you first uh, cross paths? It must have been a, a presentation for ADAS. You must have been giving out the uh, the trophies or is that yeah. Morts or, or what or one or really I else? think I, I can remember doing Freddie Gents quite a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it must have been yeah, under fourteens, under fifteens. Uh, but obviously knowing knowing about him from within the village. And um, I've just rekindled Swanwick Pentridge Road Veterans Team Pilk. So if you ever fancy getting your gloves on, mate. <laughs> I, I love a game. I would absolutely love a game. As, yeah. long, as, like, as long as Stuart and Phil play, then definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all involved, Taddy. Um, <laughs> yeah. this, is our, this is our first season. We've done all right, but we're going to continue. So I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you a game next season. Yeah, definitely. If, if that's <laughs> if selected. Can I get eight? Can I get agents' fees? Because that how this works. Can I get? A, oh dear, fantastic stuff. Oh, it's brilliant. So obviously, like Andy sort of spoke about how he sort of knew you, sort of growing up and things like that. Now, a big part of football for me, Mansfield Town, as you can probably tell by all of this rubbish in the background, is a big part of my life. I've sort of when I, but when I was very, very young, I never actually liked football. I was a sort of a sofa sort of Manchester United fan growing up. I think my dad tried to get me into football, that sort of thing, but I never really liked it. But I was a massive, massive target for bullies at school. I had wild ginger hair, Deirdre Barlow-like glasses, and I had the shortest of fuses. And I don't know, but for for some reason, it all came to a head. And one Saturday afternoon, I got taken down to, to watch Stags play. And I just, I can't remember for the life of me who it was against, but all I remember is you pulling off an absolute worldy save and everyone's sort of congratulating you and sort of chanting your name and applauding and thinking, I'm thinking, I want to be that guy because that guy seems to have this thing of everybody likes him. Everybody's got this um, thing of praising him and sort of making him feel a part of it. And from that point, I found a small group of mates and nobody ever wanted to go in goal as a kid, did they? Nobody ever wanted to go in goal. So I would just put my hands up and say, yeah, I'll do it. I think I got a cheap pair of like five quid Sondicos and I just chucked myself everywhere around and I just sort of watched you and thought, yeah, brilliant. So if it wasn't for watching you, I'd have never gone back to watching Stags and I wouldn't be where I am now. So I owe a lot to to your performance. I can't remember who it was against, but absolutely great. I just owe a lot to, to that and just remember just watching and all. So uh, brilliant. So it was me because it was the only time I did it. <laughs> well, there you go. So you never know. Maybe it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I always remember being gutted because at the time the club didn't sell goalkeeper shirts. 
because I was asked like when I was going and going, who do you want on the back? Oh, I want Pilkington number one on the back. Don't show goal, goalkeeping shirts. And it was a couple of years later after we signed Macca, Neil McKenzie. And, yeah. um, you know, he's a, a big sort of hero of mine as well. And similar thing, he absolutely bopped one in from about 40 yards. And I thought, right, I'll be that. And it yeah. sort of sticks. So you and Macca were, were, were the two for me and uh, yeah, just brilliant. But uh, sort of uh, owe a lot to you. And then sort of very randomly, years that later down the line as well, I was chatting to this girl who I'm now really good friends with my ex and we were talking about uh, players growing up who we idolised and hers was only you, wasn't it? So it was like, it was it was ridiculous. And she showed me this picture of when she was a mascot with you on the picture. So I was like, what? That is just mad. Yeah, mad time. Yeah, mad times, mate, mad times. But uh, brilliant. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people will, will know you for your career. Like Andy said, in the local community, you had this thing of, Manchester United and, and the class of 92 and things like that. How did all of that come about? Before we even get into any of the stag stuff, tell us a little bit more about that because that's a, an excellent school to grow up, grow up in footballing-wise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lucky boy, uh, really, really am, um, to, to go and, and join a, a club of that stature. Um, I'll, I'll be forever grateful. But again, it comes through playing football at school. Um, I never... I was I was on trial at a few places on trial at Mansfield originally I was on trial at Forest, um, and I, I was doing okay. But I was playing it like I said I was playing for a team called Harrowby United, and um, I, I was playing well. And there was one night I got I got home and and, and uh, well no it was actually after the game the manager turned around to me and said after the game he said oh Man United are watching tonight they want you to go on trial. I was like, yeah, good one. Um, and I, I, had, I actually, I'd, I played really well in the game. And he said, no, no, they want you to, they want you to go on trial, so you have to go home and speak to mum and dad and, and chat to them about it. And I got home, I was like, like to my dad, like, dad, like this, the manager at the, at the football club, he's turned around and said, Man United are watching. He said, yeah, they are. And he knew about it. I, I never knew about it. He said, yeah, they are. They've been watching me for a couple of weeks. I was like, all oh, right. Um, and they said, right, they want me to go up for a three-week trial. I said, okay, so yeah, crack on. Um, and so I went up. I, I went up on a. I went up on a Friday, I think it was. Trained on the Friday, and then played for the what was then the B team. Now it'd be like the under 18s now. So it's the, it's the B team time. We played Preston away. It was back when Preston had the artificial pitch. Uh, I'd never played on artificial pitches before, so I'd, I'd no, I had no moulded boots or anything like that. I was I just turned up and they gave me this brand new pair of Adidas moulded boots. So, and I, I turned around and said, like, what size are so I'm size nine. And I put these boots on and my feet were screaming. They're honestly <laughs> absolutely screaming. And um, so I played the game and in the first half I played, I was horrendous. Like I say, my feet were screaming. I'm not making excuses, but my feet were screaming. I was like, I can hardly walk. And um, at half time, I was like, I don't have got any like bigger boots. And someone said, oh, I've got a size nine and a half, so I put them on. I played the second half, did okay the second half. Then the um, the following week, we had another game at home at Littleton Road, um, one of the Man United's training grounds. Can't remember who it was against, but played really well. And then again, the, the, again, the following week, I did well again the following week. And they said, right, okay, we want to, 
we want you to sign your schoolboy forms. I said, okay, brilliant. I was still at um, Swanee Call 6 form at the time. I wasn't really doing much. I was just messing about because I knew I could play football and I was playing for England schoolboys at the time for under 18 level. So yeah, so I went up and I, I signed the schoolboy forms and that's when it all kicked off. But during them, them three weeks at the Preston game, um, I think it was the Forest Scout came to watch me and he left at half time. So he saw me play the first half of the, of the game against Preston and he left and then the May United continued with me for the next three weeks. And um, I think back then, if I had an opportunity between Forest and, and signing for May United, I'd have signed for Forest. Mm. Like I say, growing up, I was a big Forest fan. Um, but fortunately for me, they left and, and May United continued and they said, right, yeah, we'll, we'll sign you. That's just a, a, a ridiculous journey. Just thinking about how, you know, luck plays a part because, you know, the, the, the scout leaves at half time and, and doesn't watch on. And then you, you stay and you get this massive opportunity. It's absolutely mad to th- think about that. But that happens so often, doesn't it? That, you know, people have this short amount of time to focus. But when you think back, because you sort of said that your dad knew about, the, you know, the scout watching from United, you know, not knowing that they weren't watching and not, did that sort of, make it a little bit easier for you? Because I imagine as a kid, if you didn't know that, oh my God, Man United are watching me, that that completely just puts this whole heap of pressure on your shoulders. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, I think obviously my dad must have done it on purpose because um, keeping it from me, I think it's the best thing that you could have done. Um, so yeah, um, it, 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 like you say, knowing that Man United are there watching you, you're on there and going, oh my God. Um, and mostly not, not done what you had been doing. Like I say, I was enjoying my football. I was getting paid 20, 30 quid a week just to go out and play football. At the time, I was living the dream. But then I got to live an even even bigger dream um, later in the day. That must have been incredible to be in and around that uh, dressing room as well because there were so many you know, high-profile names, etc., that are in that class of 92. It, it must have just been an absolute incredible time. Yeah, when... When I first went up and uh, when I first actually signed, the um, this is more for my dad than it was for me. The first three people I met were Sir Alex Ferguson, Nobby Styles, and Sir Matt Busby. Um, <clears throat> like looking back and looking and thinking of my dad um, back then, it was like you can just imagine the picture on his face. Like not nothing to do with me. It's just like all oh, my dad's seeing all these these absolute legends that he'd have grown up seeing. Um, but yeah, then then going into a dressing room with with all the obviously they weren't they weren't they mm. weren't anybody then. Um, but what what they've gone on to do is just incredible um, football wise and and in life as well. You look at what Gary Neville's doing. You look at what David Beckham's doing. Um, they're just on a different level and just good people as well. To be honest, um, I won't say a bad word about any of them because they. They're all great, um, a bit annoying. Some some of them are a bit annoying at, at times, but can't we all be? But yeah, just absolute diamonds of people, really. Football moves in mysterious ways, and you know, like you say, they everyone has their own little career path and goes this way and that way. And obviously, yours led you to to Mansfield Town. You had a few loan spells, sort of elsewhere, to sort of get your foot in. But am I right in thinking that when you sort of signed for Stags, especially sort of 
the 0102 season. I know you sort of sounded a little bit earlier that, but the 0102 season that was probably your first real full season where you were playing regularly. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Um, like I say, I signed the year before. Um, I'd had to. I'd, I left United in '98, um, and then I went to Port Vale, which was two horrendous years of football. Not gonna lie, um, everything personal life, injuries, form, the lot. And like I say, it was just two years of one of them things that you look back on. You go, you wish you'd never signed for Port Vale. I wish I'd, I'd gone somewhere else, but it, it happens, and that's football. Um, and then yeah. Um, but fortunate enough in that time, I I met Billy Dearden. And he was the one who signed me for, for Mansfield in, in 2000. Um, we're actually, we, we went away on holiday to um, Sorrento in Italy. Uh, me, and my, me and my wife and um, Billy was out there at the same time. And obviously I worked with him at Port Vale and I said, look, I want you to come and just bumped into it. I had a drink with him. I said, look, I want you to come and sign for us. He said, but we've got a goalkeeper at the moment, but I want to move him on and, and you come in. I was like, okay. And then it dragged out. I can always remember that first year of that season. On the first uh, weekend of the season, I was at home. I was, I was actually, it sounds stupid, I was, I was doing the ironing, watching the scores come in on the telly. And I'm going, what, was, what am I doing? Like, this is my career's going nowhere, I want to be playing football, but it's not happening. But then, I think it was about two weeks after that, I came down and, and signed for signed for Mansfield, and uh, the first season on the bench behind Bobby, Bobby Mims. Uh, it was a great help to me. Um, and then, yeah, uh, my following season, that was literally, it was my first full season in football. It's absolutely crazy. Then, you know, you sort of kick on from there. I and mean, we will talk more about that in a future episode. Of course, you know, you had a long career with us and ended up coming back in 2010 when we were sort of in the conference for a little bit as well. And Reese Day's testimonial, there was there's lots to, to pick out in there. But going back to that particular time, you know, you mentioned sort of there being at home, doing the ironing and thinking what's going off. And that must have been even more of a struggle because you're seeing pretty much 70, 85% of the lads that you were that you grew up with in that Man United team playing week in, week out in the Prem. Yeah, definitely. And that, that's, again, that's what it well, we weren't just playing their Premier, playing World Cups and mm. Championships and stuff like that. And you're going, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to be doing. But like you say, paths take different different routes. But I was always a big believer in my own ability. I always knew I had the ability. Um, and like you say, I've, I'll look, I've, I've always looked back on my career and there's, there's not one ounce of regret because... I've always done it properly. I've always worked. I've always worked hard. I've always wanted to do the right things, and and like I say, sometimes it's just that little bit of of luck which which gets you in the right direction, and and that didn't happen for me. But like I say, I've got no regrets whatsoever because I've loved every minute, every single minute of it. I still I still love every single minute of it because I'm I'm lucky. I've been in thirty two years in professional football. And not many people can say that. I've I've been I've been around the game for so long. I met so many good people. Um, that yeah, there's, there's there's there is no regrets whatsoever. Yeah, it's so good to hear, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, <clears throat> and you, you you do. I know I know Pilks has um, acknowledged a little bit of luck, but you earn that luck. And you know, 
there's 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 the one thing I've noticed about you know players at that top level who have good careers, it's not by accident. They all work hard for it, and they put the hours in the training ground, the gym, and you could not see a more professional player than Pilks. You know, in the gym, working hard, front of a running. For a goalkeeper's perspective as well, you know. When it, when oh, we're not talking blue run again, are we? Well, we could talk about the blue run, yeah, but yeah. I mean, Bills was always one of them at the front of a run. And I can remember even when going to Notts County when I had a few, uh, few pounds overweight potentially. And, you know, you're seeing Pilks at the front of running and like, oh, my days, I need to be I need to be getting in shape here. I need to be doing some, some harder work. But, you know, he, absolute head down, professionalism, um, hard work, determination, and you make your own look. And, and it, you know, it's paid dividends, but Kev's still still making a living out of the game now. What did you make of that, Pilks? That's, like I say, it's really nice to hear because that's one that's what you want to reflect to people. You want that's what you want people to think of you. That you you're not just winging it. You're not just like just like well being lucky. You you you're, you're working hard at it. And that that was that was me. It was, and I got that from again from my childhood, from my dad, from my mum, from the people around me. Um, like I, I always go back to the story of my dad. God bless, God bless him. Um, I used to watch him go out at three, four o'clock in the morning. Or well, I didn't watch him. I knew he used to go out at three or four o'clock in the morning, and then get back at eleven, twelve o'clock at night, working down holes like mud holes. Like we used to work for the uh, British Gas, and it was, a, it was he worked on the pipelines and stuff like that, and. He'd go out and work stupid hours. He lost he, he lost an eye while he was while he was working. He he got um, so he had a real bad accident. And you think you look at it, and he's mostly the same with his with his upbringing. If if I can't run around on a pitch for an hour and a half, two hours a day, then I want a good slap. Really, if if I can't give it everything I I can for for an hour and a half, two hours, when you see. You see your parents working so hard, my mum doing 12-hour shifts at, at work, and you just think, well, what's the point then? If you, if you can't do that for two hours, then, you like say, you want a slap. So. Yeah, you've got those those family values, those kind of, those core innate values are, are kind of ingrained in you, aren't you, in terms yeah, of your work rate, you wanted to do well for your family, to make them proud. But also for yourself to to make a career out of the game. Yeah, definitely. And like I say, make people proud of you, and and that's that's always like what it's been for me. Um, it's it's just just graft, and like I say, trying to be the best that I can be, and, and having no regrets. Mm. Let's go back to uh, when you came to Mansfield. I, I love hearing that because it, it's such a uh, like an inspiring thing. Because there's, especially in today's day and age, where people, young people especially, sort of have everything done for them half the time. They don't understand how hard it is to work to, to get into football sometimes, or even just generally in life. But let's go back to when you uh, first signed for the Stags, and you obviously had that bit of a season where you weren't necessarily playing but then the 0102 season comes around and are you ever thinking at that point during the season before that actually no this isn't for me I need to maybe look to move on or did you always have full faith in in what Billy said when you first signed that you would become the number one yeah I, I always had the faith I, I always like I say I always believed in the ability that I had um, I knew I was a, I was a good goalkeeper um, 
But again, that, that first season, like Bobby, Bobby was playing well, and I, I, I played a couple of games. I can remember playing. It was a cup game when we played at Berry, and I, I, I took one in there, um, and then a couple of days later, what was literally a couple of days later, we just had um, Amelia, my eldest daughter, and I just bent down to pick her up, and as I stood up, like my knee just clicked. And um, I like I was out for six or seven weeks with a knee injury, like just from picking a meal up. And it's like, oh my god, it's going from bad to worse. But like I say, um, Billy stuck by me, and the following season it was well, it was one of the best seasons I've ever had. Um, being around it, being in a good team, um, like teams. You talk about team spirit, and I think it's it's one of the biggest things going. Um, it's what gives gets people a lot of success. Um, great group of lads. Uh, I still speak to a lot of them now. I saw Adam Barrett at the weekend, uh, which obviously is at Millwall. Um, speak to Michael Bingham all the time. Uh, Alan Tankard. Um, <clears throat> and just a real good group of people. Um, and I think that, that was the biggest thing of the, the success we had that season. And just looking at the sort of the backroom stuff, because we, we spoke to a few people on here and we've talk, spoke about the impact of like Skip because he brought through the majority of that squad as a youth team squad, almost like our own sort of class of 92, if you like, the Amber generation yeah. brought them through. And one thing which sort of strikes me now, obviously, you know, you've moved down at post-football, post-play, and you're now a goalkeeping coach. You're at Luton, you've had a spell at Barnsley as well. Was there a goalkeeping coach dedicated there at the time or was it literally just between the, the keepers? Um, Bobby did. Bobby did most of it um, at the time. He was, I think, he was that sort of goalkeeper coach at the time. But there wasn't really one there. Um, and then, so that was the first season. And the second season, there, let's say, there was there was me and, and Michael Bingham, and um, just used to keep each other going. Really, I say I, I can't. I don't. I'm, there wasn't one, was there, I don't think, Andy? I don't think so, no. I think Seamus came in. Seamus came in a couple of years later, didn't he? Yeah, yeah on a very yeah. Yeah, ad hoc basis. But... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, it was just like I say, it's just me and Bings, really, just um, just smashing balls at each other every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bit of a culture shock for you, though? Because obviously you've come from the school in United where you've got coaches coming out of, you know, coming out of a, there's like a minibus full of coaches every day, then having to go and do it yourself. Well, believe it or not, when I first went to United, we only had a goalkeeper coach once a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, so up until the first three years, I think, uh, I had a, a, a legend called Alan Hodgkinson. Mm. Um, he was a goalkeeper coach, but he'd only, he'd only come in on a Monday. He'd come in Monday morning because he used to do it for Glasgow Rangers as well. Uh, he'd come in on Monday morning, do a session with him. I'd, I'd pick him up from the train station, drop him back at the train station. And, uh, yeah, he was our goalkeeper coach. So it wasn't really that much of a shock, to be honest, because uh, it had happened to me before. Uh, later on, we had goalkeeper coaches later on. But that wasn't until 96, 90, 95, 96, when Tony Coton came in. Um, oh. So, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I was... It wasn't that much of a surprise. When I went to Port Vale, we had one at Port Vale. Um, Mark grew. Uh, so we had one there. And then, obviously, like I say, when I come to Mansfield, we didn't, we didn't really have it. So it was just a bit, 
it's a bit strange that well you look back at it now you think yeah it's it, it was a bit strange that we didn't have one but we just got on with it wow it's, it's such a weird thing because you just have this like perception don't you that there will be coaches at, at, at like top clubs like that day in day out one for every single level but to not have it that's it's really, 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 really weird. But th- did that maybe help you actually then on the, on the flip side, the fact that you knew from a young age that you got to keep yourself going and you've got to grow and learn yourself? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it, you look at it a bit both ways. You think, like, because now you've got all the technology, you've got a goalkeeper coach like myself. I, it's, I'm not, I'm, I see myself more as a, a friend than a coach because I like to have relationships with my goalkeepers and, and get to know them and, and help them. And, but so you can look at it on the flip side. If if I had a goalkeeper coach, maybe I'd, it helps me even more. But like I say, not having one, it's just that that self drive and determination that, that gets you to to where you want to be. Um. <clears throat> so so yeah, it was it was one of them that like I say uh, I had a, had a couple. Uh, well, I had things with me at the time, and he was he was incredible. Um, great guy, like. On it is one of the best, daft as a brush, absolute loon. He <laughs> uh, it, it was brilliant for me. Um, like he, he helped me out so much. Fantastic stuff. It's it, it's. I think it's a good thing, isn't it? You know th- that there is a truth to goalkeepers' union that they, they oh, help each other out. It's yeah, yeah. It is like I think in all my playing career, I think there's only one goalkeeper that I've, I've never really got on with. And that 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 says that says a massive amount about the, the goalkeeper union. So yeah, Kevin was just saying there, Andy, about um, sort of learning from Bing's day and day out. But he was also saying he's deaf. He was daft as a brush. Is he is he spot on? Absolutely. Yeah, he was a, a proper proper character. Uh, he, but he did it in the right way. You know, he, he he always during training always dead serious. But he knew how to have a laugh. He was a proper proper character in within the dressing room, and all the lads loved him. You know, and that's obviously Pilks has just mentioned that he's still in contact with him, still good mates with him, and, and you know, that was um, that was a type of kind of team spirit we had, and and the the characters w- were within it. And uh, yeah, he used to he used to bounce bounce around the corridors and really kind of bring life to to the dressing room, always playing pranks. Um, so you have to be on your toes at all times. Let me tell you. Now, obviously, I didn't really start watching properly until probably the season after 0203, maybe 0304 properly. So you'll have to forgive me at times for sort of remembering whether people were there or not. When it comes to the 0102 season, when you got into being number one Pilks, was Bing still there as sort of coach in the background or had he had properly left then? No, he was goal- he was number two goalkeeper. So he wasn't, he wasn't, co- he was, he was just the goalkeeper. He was, he'd come in from Blackburn. Um, yeah, we signed him from Blackburn Rovers. And um, he'd come down. So he was like, he was, he was the number two goalkeeper at the time. <coughs> so um, he, he was there for a couple of seasons and he left. I can't remember where he went. Um, but again, it shows the relationship that after like only a couple of seasons that we, we're still in touch now. And I can tell you he's, he's not changed one little bit. <laughs> uh, let's go back to then that, that, that season, uh, Andy. And, you know, as, as much as we talk about the likes of yourself, Chrissy Greenacre, Liam, Cords, people sort of up the other end of the pitch contributing, you need a good defence and a good goalkeeper, don't you, to, to build solid foundations on? 
Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, obviously, um, the, the, the team itself uh, need to gel. You need to have a, a firm back four. Um, and in our case, we had good cover as well. Um, obviously, we had um, we had Robbo. We had Stuart Hicks back then to begin yeah. with, didn't we? Adam Barrett, absolute, yeah, man mountain at the back there. Yeah. Um, and and that, that foundation is what you build from. But also from what kind of Skip and Billy um, ingrained within us was that defending from the front and that high press. I think we've spoke about it before, you know, mm. that intensity, uh, which, which came from the training ground. Um, so it was it was right through the team, really, in terms of everybody knew the responsibilities, everybody knew what the job was, uh, and we all knew we had to play a role, whether it be, uh, you know, myself, Chrissy coming back for corners or whatever. Um, it was all, yeah, having to, to do um, what's needed. Yeah, I think that's certainly something which uh, is highlighted upon. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Billy and, and Skip because obviously, you know, Skip took over at the end of the season. He had the youth team beforehand, but how much of an influence with them? And of course, uh, the late Ivan Hollett as well, who sadly uh, passed away a few weeks or so ago. Yeah, such sad news about Ivan. Um, again, one uh, someone who I knew from a, a very, very young age. Uh, an absolute gentleman <clears throat> and just um, thoughts out to his, his family and friends, really. Um, but they were, they were, they were, they were massive around it. Um, Billy, again, what an absolute gentleman, man. Um, can't speak high enough of him. <clears throat> One of the best I've, I've, I've worked with. Um, just always there for a proper manager. Um, maybe not the, the coaching side of it, but a man as a manager, he was incredible. Um, how, how to deal with people. I don't know if Andy's told you the stories of, when we had the, the FA Cup run of going up to to the Peak District and going for walks and going for a bike to eat at his local pub and not even bothering training. Um, and then like we did that for the until we played Leicester, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Uh, and that's when he told us he was leaving after that game <clears throat> to go to Notts County. But yeah, brilliant. And then Skip, um, again, superb around the place. Great coach. Uh, and um, just enjoyed every single minute of them of working with them. Um, just going back to what you were saying earlier about um, the players, you just mentioned Wayne Corden. Um, what a player he was, by the way. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I, I get on, you see the clips come up every now and again. You go, he was so good, and I, you can't believe he didn't play at a higher level because he, he honestly, I, I, I watched some of the stuff on on Facebook and stuff like that and you say oh my god some of the stuff he used to do is incredible but uh, yeah we had, we had some we had some unbelievably talented players like you just said there about um, Liam uh, Leroy Diz um, Bobby Hassel Chrissy uh, Pembo like honestly there's some it was, it was a great group there was some what a team that was it was an unbelievable football team didn't mention you in there though, Andy. Is you, the hero status just been lost? No, no, no. I, you know, I mean, my. No, I, I'm going to say something here. Andy has scored one of the, well, most probably the top five best goals I've ever seen. We played, we played Barnsley away. You, you remember that one? I remember that, Pills, because I keep playing that 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 game. And I, 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 every time I play. The, the, the performance you put in that that day, you know, keeping <laughs> us in it. So many, we were just constant, constant pressure, weren't we, that game? Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, I've, I've nutmeg Craig Morgan and then put one in top bin. And then oh, I'm, 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 living, I'm living off that now, Pilks. Don't, 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 don't worry don't, about you, that. 
You didn't just put it in the top bin. You put it in the top bin with the outside of your foot. <laughs> no <laughs> way. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's up there, top five best goals I've ever seen. <laughs> what was it like to play against in in training, Pilks? Oh, it's a handful, absolute handful. Is like arms and legs going everywhere. But that <laughs> is um, like brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Again, same thing. Work ethic. Once wanted to do well, um, and yeah, it it's it's one of them. You, you always say about the big man. Oh, he's just a big man, but he. With his feet, it was it was it was brilliant. He had great, like I say, they always say it, great feet for a big man, but he he was technically very very good, and you you saw it from a young age as well. There we go. I don't think you can get higher praise than that, can you? From one of your heroes, Andy? Not from a hero, no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah, no. We uh, we had a we had a we had a good season, didn't we, Pilks? We had a great season. Yeah, it was it was one of the best. Honestly, now, if, I, if I was to say to you the words "blue run." What would uh, come flashing into your mind? We had Baz Stavem on the other week. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that's the one. Is it like Thieves Wood or somewhere like that? Yeah, that's the one. yeah, yeah. Uh, there was there was a lot of bad runs. Uh, yeah, did that did that a few times. Now, Andy was saying earlier that you were always front of the running. So we we leading the pack on this one as well. I I got better as I got older. I was I wasn't bad. I was all right. Um, again, it was just that. That willingness to work and um, and do it, I can, more so when I was at, at Notts County, I can I, I know <laughs> I, had a, um, I had a pre I had a pre season, well an off season where I came home and I just I was just going to have ten k runs every single day and I just thought right I'm just going to get so fit and and just try and be the best that I can be and um, I think Andy caught me on one of, on that pre season when I come back I was flying and, yeah. Actually, I had lads shouting at me going, Pilch, you're a goalkeeper, get to the back. <laughs> Probably me. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you at Wollerton Park when we were doing the Wollerton Park runs? Um, what you, I, I joined in 2005. I don't forget I ever went to Wollerton Park. No. Yeah, no. I've, heard, I've heard about them. Yeah, I think it was a bit later. There was about a four-mile run around Wollerton Park. and there's only a couple of lads who used to beat me, so I was happy with that. <laughs> Not bad for a goalkeeper, always setting the standard. That You know, you're number one for a reason, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's get, you know, you mentioned there about what a squad that, that you had. At what point did you know back in the Mansfield days that you had a squad that were capable of going on to achieve what they achieved that year? I think quite early, to be honest. You, you saw, like say, you saw the likes of, um, of Liam, Leroy, Coming through, Diz, and uh, coming through from the U team and, and getting into the first team, and they they were they were talented boys, really really talented boys, and again they've they've all gone on to have really really good careers. Uh, Chrissy, goal scorer, great guy, great guy. Um, I can't like again I can't as people I can't speak highly enough of them. Some of them had a bit of a a wild streak in them, but. Um, <laughs> But real good, like, but good footballers. Like some of the football we played, I, I, I don't know whether it was. I don't think it was that season. I think it was a, a, a season or two later, and we played Swansea, and we battered Swansea like four 0 or It could have been anything, and some of the football we played in that game was just just incredible. But just really good footballers, and we had it like say. You could tell the early doors that we we had there was something, and then we started the season off really well, and then um, 
it just went from there really yeah, I remember it sort of uh, early doors. I mean, one of the, the first ones was a, a 4-0 win uh, over Macclesfield, I think, four games in. That would have been, you know, a nice little clean sheet for you. You've got a 0-0 against Southend as well. What did you pride yourself more on? Good performances, good saves, or was it keeping that emphasis every week on keeping it tight and keeping a clean sheet? For for me, personally, clean sheet, that that's what it was all about. I think that as a goalkeeper, you judge yourself on it. And uh... <clears throat> At the start of the season, I always had it in my head, right, get to 15 clean sheets uh, and then you, you're in with a chance of, of, of achieving something. And again, I don't know how many we kept in that season, but um, I'm, I'm sure it was around that, that area. Um, but again, how good defenders in front of me, like Les Robinson, what a hero. Um, again, for, for someone of... His stature, his size, should I say, he'll batter me for this. Um, he was excellent. He was an unbelievable centre-half. Adam Barrett, brilliant. Run through a brick wall for you. Chuck his body in front of anything. Bobby Hassel, great defender. Excellent going forward. Pembo or Tanks, whoever it was, playing left-back. Really, really solid. So, that, like I say, you were talking earlier about foundations. And they, they it was there. And then it was it was backed up as well by other people coming in. Reese when he played, brilliant. I can remember playing with Reese at uh, Bristol when we played against Bristol City. He played the whole game with a broken jaw. I think you played in that, didn't you, Andy? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he played he played like for about seventy minutes of that with a with a broken jaw. Yeah, and that, that that's the type of type of person you want in want in front of you. Like I say, Warriors to to go and. One to try and win a game, but one to try and keep clean sheet as well. Absolute, uh, absolute heroes at, at times. And Reese Day again, another Mansfield legend who uh, people absolutely loving. You saw the support actually when it was his uh, um, his testimonial a few years back when you came back and Andy came back and a few others. It's just, it's just brilliant. You mentioned in that, um, you know, that there's a few, there was a few characters within that dressing room. It, I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. <laughs> What stories and, and uh, what names you can throw under the bus? We've had a few. Yeah, I don't think I can tell, the stories. I don't think I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> you can re, a, you yeah. can retract some. You can retract no, some. You no, can no, I don't miss certain bits out. <laughs> no, I get sued. I think. <laughs> um, but now, like you say, Liam Lawrence, Lee Leroy, um, Adam Murray, um, yeah, Moza. What a guy, Moza. Like you say, I say, I. I've worked with him for for, for a couple of years. Um, always kept in touch with him. But my God, I lose Cannon. <laughs> his his playing days. He's 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 not anymore. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to trip anyone with the bus and tell a story because I don't think it's fair. A nice uh, guy to the end. <laughs> yeah, but you, you can't because they're 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 part and parcel of, of what we achieved, and and they're they're for for us to reminisce when we're we're on our own. Um, because there's some of it you can't tell. But uh... you can tell me off here when we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's spot on though, isn't it, Andy? Because you know it, it's those things, those little differences, which take you up. And you know, Pilks mentioned Muzzer there. I mean, you and Baz Statham were talking about it, weren't you? About you know his impact towards the, the back end of that campaign. Yeah, and he was just the lift that we needed. I know we were going through a bit of a sticky sticky patch back then, and then you look uh, around the dressing room. There's a there's a player coming in there who's played Premier League football. 
you know, and, and that just gives the dressing room a massive lift. But not only the kind of stature and the the reputation that it had coming into into Mansfield, but also the performances he put on the pitch. I think we, we record that stat, um, you know, seven or seven or eight goals through a kind of really short, about 12 games mm-hmm. in the yeah. running. And that really was what kind of pushed us over the line in terms of promotion in that yeah. in that final running. I can remember it was every other game that, that Muzzy used to be kind of getting on the score sheet, but also the performances he used to put in, you know, some of his qualities, passing, his work rate. He's one of them who's like a real kind of, Combative midfielder, but also had the quality to kind of spray the balls about. And they, they weren't tappings either. No, like, I don't think he scored one tapping. I think everything was like a, like a banger. Like he just go and nail one from twenty yards and put it in the top bin or stuff like that. Um, yeah, he he was a, a very 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 good footballer. Yeah, like I did. Go on, Andy. I say I did. I did lay one on a plate for him at Luton away. If you remember that one, and I just kind of, I intercepted a back pass, took it around the keeper, and then I slipped over. And Muzzy just came in. It's a good job he was backing me up as well, because I would have been embarrassed if I'd have, um, yeah, if that had been the end result, me slipping over. Yeah, Scott Sellers as well. Oh my days, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that goal at Luton, that that chip um, that he scored. I know we got battered, didn't we, at Luton yeah. away? But yeah. oh my days, some of them goals. They were good games against Luton, they weren't they? they oh, were yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think for me that season, the the night game against Luton earlier on in the season was really when it when it clicked. Yes. Um, in terms yeah. of the play, but also the whole City game as well. I think we beat them four 0 and like yeah. I think I must have been spare man or on the bench or something. But I can just remember sitting back watching some of the football on that night. And those night games at, at, at Field Mill were really special and seemed yeah, to really really get the kind of crowd going, the quality of football, you know, that zippy surface that you can see was kind of how we trained, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, there's some like yeah. Looking back at it, it's some some great nights and and uh, just so enjoyable to be part of. Yeah, it's 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 the same now as a fan. You know, when it's a night game, you you just <laughs> it lifts you a little bit. And obviously, we're flying at the minute under Cluffy, and hopefully, promotion is going to be on the cards twenty years from from the last time within the football league. And it's the, it's the same. The fans there, the atmosphere is there, and and everything. I, I guess for you, that would have been. Uh, another thing which sort of helped you along the way, because like we said earlier, first full season, fans as a goalkeeper, it can be, I imagine, quite a, a different uh, kettle of fish sometimes because you're, you're spending 45 minutes a game in front of uh, you know fans at one and then you go into the other end. And I can imagine sometimes it's a lonely place to be when the te- you're, you're you know on form and everyone's at the other end. Yeah, definitely. I say you're so close to it and you, you, you hear everything at, at certain points. But then at, at other times, if you... If you're doing really well, you hear nothing. It's when when you when you when you're struggling, you you hear it all. Um, but like I say, fortunately that season it wasn't it wasn't that bad. So like I say, performances were good, um, results were good, teams playing really well at the right end of the of the league where you want to be and 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 achieving, which is again that's all you want to do in football is achieve and and be be in the right place. But um, the fans, the fans are brilliant. Um, apart from when I went back with Notts County, um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's not talk about Chris yeah, Beardo's leg. Yeah, Beardo actually rang me up that night and apologised to me. Mm. So yeah. it was a bad challenge, to be fair. He it was, yeah. you, didn't but he's coming to try and absolutely nail me, and I, as, I, be, as Beardo does, as he does. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can see it from a mile off. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, we've, we've, we've kissed the maid up, so it's all right. There we go. It's good to see. Let's <laughs> go back into 0102 and uh, talk about that season. Because, you know, you mentioned the impact of, of Billy Dean. I just wanted to touch upon that a little bit more. Because, obviously, you said you sort of met him um, when you were at Port Vale. You got to know him there a little bit. Then you sort of bump into him by accident or whatever on, on holiday and he brings you to Mansfield. How much of an influence do you think he was looking back now on your career progression i think it was massive i think i um is again I, I i had good foundations um when i was at manchester united i had um eric harrison uh unbelievable coach but uh even better person and then sir alex ferguson um to work under them people but billy was on the same lines um as a as a as a person, as a manager, as a as a coach, he was, he was on that them same. It was he had the same same foundations as them. It was it was all about respect and uh, and working hard and and that's and again he as a, as a manager he looked after people. It he, he was you he, could go to him with anything and um, he. He'd, he'd either put his arm around you or he'd, or he'd, or he'd have a go at you. Um, but he knew what, what people needed. And and I think that's the biggest thing. Everyone goes on about coaches and this and that and the other. Um, you look at successful managers, like it, nowadays it's coaches, but back then it's managers. They want what's best for their players. and and But they know how to deal with their players. They know how to manage them. And that's like saying, that's the word, manage. Uh, and I think Billy had that in an abundance. Uh, now you, me- you, meant, you mentioned earlier about you know picking up a bit of an injury in your first se- you know season when you picked up your daughter when she was young and things like that. What did Billy say to you? Because you know, as a goalkeeper at that at that point, you know sometimes managers can just go well, we'll just get somebody else in then and sort of put you out in the cold. But it seemed like from from the outside, sort of looking at how it progressed after that, that he was supportive and, and just knew that once you were ready, you were there. Yeah. He- when I signed, he, he said, look, for the, the first season, you're not going to play that much um, because we've got Bobby. But he knew that Bobby was leaving at the end of the season. Um, and he said it to me, he said, look, just, just be patient, just bide your time, but you will get the opportunity. Um, and it was, again, it was true to his word. Um, it, there was no, like, beating about the bush. There was no going behind my back and lying about stuff and, and all that. He was like, right, this is... This will this will happen, and and fair play to him, it, it did happen, and um, again, forever forever grateful to him for for that, um, because he believed in me. He, he saw he, he saw what um, he saw something when I was at Port Vale, and um, then like I say I saw him in, in Italy, and he said like I want to come and sign for me, and that that's everything. When you've got a manager like that who trusts you, who believes in you. Who says he wants to sign you? Comes and signs you, um, and then you go from there. And um, yeah, um, been fortunate enough to, to sit with him at a lot of games while I've been um, out watching games, and it's lovely to see him all the time. But yeah, like I say, forever grateful to to what he did for me. Have you taken that mantra and that style into your own sort of coaching ethos now? Yeah, like I say, it's. <clears throat> I like to think that I treat people the right way. Um, 
like you, you, you treat people how you'd like to be treated. Uh, and I'm honest with them. Um, if if I can't give them the, the, the answer, then I say send them to the manager. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's the manager's decision. But I can only say what what I feel and, and what I think is is right. Um, and then since I've been in coaching, what I've been coaching now, 10 years, wow. for sure. Short of 10 years. Um, there's, I think there's only one goalkeeper I don't really speak to anymore who I've coached. So I, 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 I speak to like Roy Carroll, um, I'm not dropping names here, it's all Scott Loach, um, real good friends with them. They, they still ring up for like Will Norris, who's at Burnley, he still rings me up and we speak to him. Dimmy um, at, at Cambridge. Um, there's 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 seven well there's more than that about 10 12 goalkeepers who are still keeping contact with all the time and i think that that says something if if i didn't speak to him then i think i'd have to look at myself and go hold on a minute are you doing things right but i like to think i'm doing things right because i have good relationships with goalkeepers and sometimes i've I've told them the truth at, at times i've told them like where they're going wrong or or if they're out of order or anything like that but Ultimately, it's it's from a good place. The, the advice I'm giving them, giving them is from from the right perspective. Uh, it interests me because obviously we've we've spoken about Billy's departure because that was a big part of the the season. You mentioned it a little bit earlier on. Andy was sort of saying that he and the younger lads sort of knew that it'd be okay because they'd come through with Skip. But you'd obviously had the opposite of that because Billy had brought you in. It was him that had given you the chance. It was him that had put his belief in you. So was it different for you? Was it? Did you take it a different way because he, he left? Um, no, I don't think so. Because I think by that time, what I'd, I'd have been what, 28 at the time, 27, 28 at the time. Um I'd learned enough about football to, to understand that it changes very, very mm. quickly. Um, and, and also, Skip had been around the environment from since I've been there as well. Because um, obviously, Billy's, Billy's assistant. And um, so, you know, you know what you're getting. It wasn't like a new, new body's coming into the building. You knew, he was there and he, he's, obviously, he's seen what your performances are like as well and seen how you are as a character. Um, so I, I, I was quite comfortable with it, to be honest. I'm disappointed that Billy left, but you can understand why, because mm. um, that's football. Um, but no, um, I, I skipped coming, and I, I thought yeah, I thought he did an absolutely fantastic job to to finish to finish it. Well, to be fair, there was still half a season left, really. When mm. he left, you still got you still got nearly well, 23 games left to play. I don't, I don't know what it was roughly, but it'd be around about there. So for him to come in and, and get us over the line was, was absolutely bang on. Just after the FA Cup game, wasn't it, Andy? It was, yeah. Yeah, third round at Filbert Street, wasn't it, Pilks? And uh, yeah. he came in after the game and um, told us that he was moving on. Um, then we got on a plane to Portugal, which uh, helped, helped soften the blow a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that, that's got to be the first time, Pilks, or probably the only time in your career where a manager's come into a dressing room and gone, look, lads, really sorry, it's been great working with you, but I'm moving on. And then he's gone, but it's all right, because you lot are jetting off. Yeah, 
It, it literally was that. It literally was that. I think we went home that night and then we got on the plane the next morning, didn't we? We did, mate. Yeah, yeah. I had to go but, and tell, tell the but, missus that I'm, I'm, I'm going to Portugal the next day. And it was Sunday morning at East Midlands Airport, wasn't it? That's it. And I don't, I think when Billy told us, I think no one was really, because they'd said we're going to Portugal with that. I think that got forgotten very, very quickly. You know, right, we're off to Portugal. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. in garage cleaning your clubs off, aren't you? Trying exactly. to, you know, get yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. where, are the, where are the golf clubs? <laughs> Did you get much in over there, or is it was it just the the the, the sun loungers? No, I got I think I got three rounds in when I was over there. Played yeah. some unbelievable golf courses as well. It was it was brilliant. I can remember it was like there were four or five of you, weren't there? You know, you called yeah. tanks. Well, yeah, Robbo. Robbo, all like off in a taxi every morning, and we just yeah. kind of lounged around the pool. Yeah. I don't think we were quite as much, quite yeah. into golf back then, but yeah, there was a few uh, white. Plastic chairs went missing one night, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Was there? <laughs> who uh, who got rid of them? Who's who's gonna who's gonna throw who under the bus? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think Ali Asher got blamed at one point, but I think it definitely wasn't. <laughs> so so what's what's actually happened then? They've, they've, have these chairs just disappeared, or have they <laughs> been thrown in a pool, or what? Was, was it a karaoke bar we were at? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, Pembo was on the karaoke, like, absolutely living up, um, singing a Lionel Richie number, and then uh, there's 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 plastic chairs going flying <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh, genius, genius! Yeah. If you were on the karaoke pilks, what would you what would you go to song be? Your initiation? Oh. What would your initiation song be? Well, I did one. I did take that. Uh, la- the last one I ever, last one I've done is was take that. Never forget. For some reason, I don't know why. Just like just one of them songs that you know the words to, so I just thought I'd do that. I, I won't I won't bore you with the song actually, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that. Would, but I wouldn't do uh, Oasis or something like that. I think. Uh, Andy, what would yours be? I, I'm not a karaoke man. I'll be honest. I'm just. You got to do an initiation, now, haven't you? You got you... All right, Robbie Williams, Angels. Oh, oh. poor choice. Poor choice. <laughs> Terrible I don't, I don't choice. Mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> terrible choice, terrible. Who would have been the 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 prankster in the dressing room then? Who would have been the man who? Because uh, back in those days, you could get away with a little bit more than what you you can now, to be fair. But who would? Who was always the yeah. one uh, pulling the pranks? Liam, most probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Bings. Bings was Bing, uh, Bing, Bing, yeah, Bing, Bings. Bings was Bings one. Was all Liam. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Won't, won't tell them stories. What's the worst one that you've had uh, done on you? What's the worst? Is it this this the bog standard deep heat in the underwear? Oh, I've had, had a lot when I was younger. A lot when I was younger. You had full kit uh, kit put on you with boot polish, and then having to get it off in a nice bath. You weren't allowed to get in a shower. You had to get a nice bath, have it off, like to wash it off. Uh, chatting up the mop. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had a lot. I've had a few. That's some that you can't mention as well. <laughs> Definitely in today's day and age of football as well, there's certainly some that you can't mention. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off on a little tangent just about Liam for a minute. So this is, I think, more of a public story. And obviously I mentioned Macra at the top of the show. It involves him as well and Reese Day, we've mentioned. Is it any truth in the, the story that Macra two-footed Reese Day snake? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently Liam Lawrence told this on Under the Cosh. It most probably is. Very <laughs> much, uh, Mac a two-footed anything. <laughs> Especially in a nightclub. 
What a guy. What a guy. Good to have to try and get Liam on and, and once we get Macron as well and actually see if that's uh, there's an element yeah. of truth. Uh, let's go back to on the pitch. Uh, obviously, Skip takes over and uh, things go all right. It gets towards the end of the season. You have a bit of a, a mini blip, but everybody that I've spoke to, Pilk, says the same thing, that there was still the belief there that you know, you'd know you get over the line. Yeah, definitely, because we, we, we've come so far and we've, I say we knew what was in the dressing room. We knew we believed in each other, um, and it, like I say, at, at that stage, it's just about getting over the line. It's just about winning games of football and and doing your job, um, which we did. And like I say, going into the last few games, we were we were right up there, and you just knew, especially like well, the last game of the season. That's the biggest standout memory for me, and I'll never forget that day. It was it was an incredible day. And uh, one that you'll never forget. I'm going to go back one game further than that, or a couple of games further than that. And that, I think, is the, the Cheltenham game at home, Andy. Everybody who always talks uh, about that one, don't they? Oh, Cheltenham, yeah. Tuesday night, yeah. I can remember that, yeah. <laughs> no, it was obviously... Little uh... for Andy there every week. We try to get that one in, don't we, Craig? That, that for Cheltenham con- game. For context, obviously, I'd forgot about it and I forgot you know, that Andy had had this impact in this game and he's like, you're not going to mention Cheltenham then, no? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, it's 20 years on Sunday. I think it was the 9th of April. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, wow. very, very, t- very timely. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that evening, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned it many a time in terms of the numbers at Field Mill, the attendance, you know, I think the thing that registered about 8,000, but there must have been nearly 11,000 that night. Yeah. So it rammed in. I think the, the, the kickoff was delayed. Um, you know, there, were, there, were, there were fans around the, the corner flag um, having to usher the fans back to take the corner. Yeah. It was absolutely... Yeah, health and safety nightmare, but, you know, made for such a great atmosphere. And obviously, uh, we ended up beating them 2-1, which obviously set up the last game of the season. Now, I spoke to Skip uh, before, and he he was sort of saying that he knew the night before uh, the game that the, the last game of the season that we were going to get promoted and that they were that they were going to do it. Is that a feeling that you had in the camp or given the fact that it was so tight and it could have swung any which way? Was there an element of doubt going into it? Yeah, obviously there's the nerves, there's the the apprehension about it and going, is it, are we going to do it? But I don't think it was one of them that lingered in the memory for, for that long, really. It was, it was like, again, we had, we had a good team and we knew what we had to do. Um, and obviously we, we, we scored a very, very early goal, which takes a lot of the pressure away and then you're just free to go and go and do what you do. Um, did you score the first one or the second one, Andy? Second one, mate, yeah. Shanked in top corner. Yeah. No, no hesitation there whatsoever. Like, second one is mine. I got it. Yeah. Well, I haven't got many. I know, they're, all, they're all encrypted in my brain very clearly. So um, that's the advantage of not, not scoring many goals. You, you can remember them all. Cord scored the first one. He did, yeah. Great yeah. goal. Who scored the third one? We only got two. Did we get two? I thought it was yeah, just two. Yeah, I missed. Last year, yeah, two on the last day of the season. Yeah, yeah. quite funny because I don't know whether you'll remember this, whether either of you remember of it. Um, Skip tells a story about doing running through set pieces on the the ground the, the day the day before, sort of doing corner routines, and it went. They were absolutely woeful, and we we walked away from that thing, going back to the office, saying, "What on earth happened there?" <laughs> Yeah, it's always the way of set pieces. You're always, you're. It's, it's a. I think it's a given joke that it's like, oh, it'll be all right on a night sort of thing. But um, you, you knew we'd like 
the quality records causes quality that he's always going to deliver. So, yeah. Uh, I remember I remember him saying as well that he's turned to Richo and gone. Uh, they've only gone for the most complicated setup here. <laughs> what, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, like I say, you've got cords there, so you know what he's doing. He's um, like I said earlier, what a player. To and again, didn't I? Don't think anything really phased him. He was just one of those, just like laid back and and go and do what he had to do. From your perspective, Pilks, final game of the season comes. It's, you know, you're you're in goal. We're on top for, for the majority of it. Are fans behind the goal sort of drip feeding your scores from elsewhere? Are you aware <laughs> what's going on elsewhere? Yeah, yeah, very aware. Yeah, very aware of what was happening. You 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 hear you heard everything. Um you couldn't not because they're on the they're like Andy said earlier with the, the Charlton game, they were at the corner flow. They're on they're literally on the pitch um for for most of the game. It was incredible. Um, so yeah, you knew what was happening around the around the country, and you knew what we needed to do. And like I say, we just went out and we we did our job, and uh, we finished it off. Full time whistle blows. Obviously, everybody belts onto the pitch. There's pictures of Skip being carried off on the shoulders and things like that. As a as a keeper, obviously, because you know you're so close to the stands. Are you think? Are you trying to in like the 90th minute? Are you trying to start get as high up at the pitch as you can. <laughs> No, it's just enjoy, just enjoying the moment, uh, literally, because they, they don't happen much in football. They're, them them sort of moments don't happen that much. So you just got to take it all in, uh, and just remember going going mental, and just wanting to be with the lads. Um, and I don't think it was until a bit like well a lot later that we actually got all in the dressing room together and and celebrated together. Uh, obviously, we went up into the stands and and. Um, with um, like the fans were down below us, uh, and to be honest, it's just desperate to get a beer down me <laughs> and celebrate. Yeah, and uh, which which we had a we did that night. We had a good night that night. Very good. Yeah, everybody yeah. keeps saying it's the best night out ever. It's uh, yeah. It was was that... Go on, sorry, carry on. Yeah, no, it was incredible because just remember, I think we actually got turned away from one place for some reason. I don't know why, but it was just yeah, just like I say, just being with your mates and they were mates and they are mates um, and knowing that you achieved like I say that, that that's where I keep using in that you know that you you achieved what you set out to do at the start of the season because everyone does it at the start of the season everyone goes right what's what's the goal and whether in premiership league one championship wherever that's that's at the start of the season that that's the goal is to to either win it or get promoted. Was it your first promotion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's special. It's it, it, honestly, it really is. And, and people ask me all the time, like, "What's the best one?" Well, what's the best season? You know, it's it's one of the best. I've been I've been lucky. We've uh, I've been in some su- some successful teams, uh, but yeah, to to actually play the whole season. And like play, I, th- I think I played every single game. I'm not, mm. yeah. I think Bing's got one one appearance, what? which might have been in the cup, probably a cup game, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I got. Did we play Swansea that year? Because I got sent off against Swansea. I don't know if it was that year or not. Um, unless it was overturned, I don't. I wouldn't have thought so. Because no. Bing's would have got more. It might have been. Probably, I yeah. think Swansea might have been oh oh three oh four. Probably yeah. or yeah. Yeah, yeah, it might have been the year after. Yeah, if when Curly but, was in charge. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I, yeah. So to to play every single game and and like say, 
get promoted was was an absolute dream come true, and um, just loved every single minute and, and loved being in that team with the with the boys. What made that team so special? Spirit. That, that's it, really. It's the spirit, obviously, ability, um, but the biggest thing that got us through was our team spirit. Um, everyone, everyone got on. I don't think there was one person mm-hmm. who didn't like another. Um, enjoyed being around each other. Worked hard on the training pitch, on the on the actual pitch when we were on a Saturday or Tuesday night, and um, yeah, definitely spirit that was the best thing about it. And I'm just going to finally reflect on, obviously, uh, Skip a little bit. We're going to have Skip as a, a live event on the 22nd of April. I'm actually going to be co-commentating with him on Saturday at Scunthorpe, where I'm really looking forward to it. A, a top guy as well. What are your memories of him as a coach and a manager? Because, you've, you, you know, you mentioned it earlier that Billy might not have done a lot of the coaching side and it was all driven by Skip. Was it different when sort of Skip came in? Was it a different approach to things from your perspective? No, I don't think so. I think he just... He just carried on doing what he was doing, but with a bit more responsibility. Um, again, the sessions that he put on, um, how he handled people, I thought he, he was spot on. Um, he didn't really have to change that much, but uh, what he did change, he changed for the better. And um, again, just just, just a good guy. Um, just treated people how you, how you want to be treated and um, like I said, again um, he got us he got us he, he got us over the line and uh, helped us achieve what we wanted to do yeah great achievement as well go on Andy I thought you were going to I think what, one, one, one big change that took a bit of getting used to was calling him Gaffer and not Skip and, <laughs> yeah. he, and he used to pull us up on that all the time because obviously yeah. did he I'm surprised by that I'm oh surprised. yeah no, he, he wanted he, he wanted to be called <laughs> Gaffer when he came in, well, quite rightly so, you know, you are the manager, you are the gaffer, and it's that, you know, transition from being seen as skip, mm. you know, quite a familiar term to being a gaffer, because you need to stamp your authority on a team, you need to stamp your kind of leadership. Mm. So it was a really good call, but something was quite challenging to get used to. Yeah, I, th- I think the younger ones like struggle with that more than, than the older ones. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 I'll have to think about what to call him on Saturday afternoon. I'll have to imagine. Let's go, Mr. Watkins, sir. The under uh, yeah. deserves, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, excellent stuff. Finally, uh, Pilks, on that season, that last game of the season, I'm going to put you in a hypothetical situation. It gets to the 90th minute. It's nil-nil. We need a goal to, to get promoted. We get a corner. Are you going up? Yeah, all day long. <laughs> Frustrated centre-forwards, aren't we? That's what That's- we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can play a bit. Pulse can as well. You know, I can remember you uh, doing a few shooting drills. You've uh, you've you've got that centre forward instinct, don't you, Phil? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like <laughs> to think so. I like to think so. No, but uh, yeah, all day long going out, going try and get a bit of glory as well. Goalkeepers never get glory, so <laughs> hey, they do in my eyes, mate. They do in my eyes. Yeah. They did that well, day, so it's all good. Yeah, no. Well, you make up for it because I can remember the um, the semi final against Northampton. Yeah. I've, I've chucked one in, but then I've gone and saved the penalty in the penalty shootout. So yeah, we won't yeah. dwell on. We won't talk about that too much. I don't want to give anything away for the next episode. But yeah, yeah. I remember that night very, very well indeed. I was actually chatting to some uh, Northampton fans the other week. I was invited on a Northampton podcast. We played them uh, last weekend, yeah. and they were talking about that. And then we we ate Kevin Pilkington. I was like, legend, <laughs> absolute legend. Um, well, it's, it's been fantastic. I've really appreciated your time. Uh, we've got a little couple of things to do before we round off. We'll definitely get you back on for another episode because we've got 
the season after to talk about the relegation we've got, the season where we got to the playoff final where Liam decides to dink a yeah. penalty. Not, no, not a fan. And, uh, and of course, you know, you came back a few years later and um, also was a hero for a bit and then you turn into a villain again in the FA Trophy yeah. and then Louis Briscoe put it in. But yeah. we'll talk about that another time. But I've got a key question for you. What's your sporting knowledge like? Uh, okay. Okay, right. Well, uh, Andy, do you want to fill Kevin on what's about to happen? So, is it kind of an, an anagram? That no, that's that comes that's after. Different. Yeah, that's that's you, that you comes tell after. it. You, you <laughs> tell it. Some, kind of, some kind of trivia quiz. It is right. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. In <laughs> I don't know what did you. I can't remember what you got. To be fair, but uh, five. Yeah, well, it's not bad. It's about me, I'll have not a clue. Now the next <laughs> the next time it'll be about you. So I'm giving uh, you some pre pre warning to uh, to to uh, to do some homework. But uh, no, it's called a question of sport. Um, it's a brand new quiz for this series, and our guests will face nine questions themed around sport. The first letters of which will spell out the word Mansfield. So the first answer will begin with the letter M. Yeah. The second will be A, and so on and so on and so on. But I'll yeah. start the questions with what M, what A, etc., etc. So it yes. gives you a bit of a clue. Um, it's all against the clock, and the person who gets the most right in the quickest time will be crowned the winner. A wrong answer, be warned, is plus five seconds, but a pass is worth plus ten. So it's worth a go, even if you don't know. And I am still determined to make that my catchphrase. Um, so just say something random. If you don't know, say something random, because honestly, it's the yeah. time which matters in the end. Are you up for giving it a go? Yes. Okay. Uh, right. So let's have a little look at this. Andy, sort of play along in your brain, sort of see how many you get as well, and we'll come to it uh, at the, uh, the very end. So uh, in three, two... One, let's play. Which M is the current manager of Leeds United? Uh, oh, what's his name? Yeah, not Marcelo Bielsa. It's a um, thingy. Oh, Marcelo Bielsa. Go on, crack on. <laughs> Which A is the famous horse racetrack first opened in? Which N played rugby union premiership at Kingston Park and nicknamed the Falcons? Newcastle. Which S retired from tennis after being long time after beating longtime rival Andre Agassi at the O2 US Open? Sam Frost. Which F beat Brazil in the 1998 World Cup final crown champions France. on home turf? Which I is the sport in which Nottingham Panthers and Sheffield Steelers I compete? Which E born in Nottingham is an artistic gymnast for Great Britain and won silver medal on her debut in the 2015 British Championships? Emma Jones. Which L is the city which is the home of footballers, foxes and rugby's tigers? That's And finally, which D is a former teammate of yours who scored the equalising goal in the infamous 2-1 win over Chesterfield in January 03 on my birthday? Disney. Stop the clock. Jesus Christ, that was fast. I knew that was ridiculously fast, it wasn't was, it? It was good. Who's oh, the man, manager, Leeds? Uh, we'll go through him in a second. Let me just have a little <laughs> count up. So... Uh, uh, Excellent. And two wrong. So, yeah. Okay. So, you can tell you got eight rights um, in one minute, 10 seconds. Um, but you didn't pass on any. You gave answers, which means that you only get five seconds added on for each one. So, you actually got a total time of one minute, 20 seconds, which is by far, I think, the quickest which anyone has ever done it. I wasn't even finishing the questions. You were like, yeah, bang, move on, bang, move on, bang, move on. <laughs> I mean, oh, Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous. Uh, so let's go through the uh, the answers then. Um, the one, the Leeds United one um, was Marsh, Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh. Yeah, that tripped you up. 
yeah. so there you go. Uh, other than that, you know, eight right in uh, in one minute twenty seconds, including penalties, that puts you top without even looking at the other scores of of the leaderboard. And I think Andy, that's going to be some time to beat, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Pilts is always the good one of the quizzes, you know, to to get the <laughs> to get the trivia in. So he's he's not let me down there. He's uh, he's met expectations. Yeah, I've got experience on the side. <laughs> oh, Were you there? What, what was the uh, the socials like then when it was you know a, a team night away when it was like before a game? Were the quizzes? Were you sort of heavily involved with that? Who was like the, the social secretary of that particular group? Did we do quizzes? On- we didn't have that many. We didn't have uh, that many. Open night stuff, did we, Pils, to be fair. We, did, we didn't go out that much, to be honest. No. no, we were quite well behaved, to be honest. We were, yeah. yeah. Apart, apart from the chairs, yeah, the karaoke bar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> apart from that. Oh, brilliant stuff. Yeah, no, we're all right. Uh, we, before we go, I can't help but ask you, obviously, about um, the, what you're currently doing. Obviously, goalkeeping coach now at, at Luton. How are you en- enjoying that, uh, you know, the, the coaching side of things and taking in all that experience of your, your playing days? I love it. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's um, Goalkeeping has been a passion of mine. Like I've I've always done it. I've always wanted to do it. It's not like I want I was a centre forward and got chucked into goal. I've always been a goalkeeper. Um, so um, to continue and trying to help other people uh, progress in their careers um, is great. And I've worked with some some very very good goalkeepers and and yeah, it's uh, it doesn't make up for playing. I'm not gonna lie, playing playing's the, the Do you miss one. it? Oh massively. Yeah, massively miss it. Um yeah, it's it was it was it's the best. Like it's every most kids young kids' dream is to go and play professional football and and we're both lucky enough to have gone and done that. What however many times or who for, it doesn't matter. Um been out on there and, and um experienced it, so that's that's brilliant. But no, I, I love I love my job now. Uh, I'm at a very very good football club uh, with good people, good coaches, good manager, um, a great group of players. Reminds me a lot of, of when we got promoted. <coughs> they'll they'll do they'll run through brick walls for each other, um, and at the moment we're doing okay. We're we're in a in a good good position. Uh, we've got six massive games to go, mm. um, and then hopefully we can we can get over that line. And, uh, finish the job off. Be a wake up call for some uh, some Premier League fans though if you manage to, to get up walking through somebody's back garden to get in the away end. Oh, what that what, <laughs> what story that'd be. It'd that, be it'd be class. I mean everyone everyone goes on about the Kenny's brilliant, honestly, is some place, um, especially when it's rocking as well, um, which it has been doing quite a lot this season. I mean last night we played we played Peterborough away last night. We took three thousand six hundred fans. I know it's a well. I say it's on a it's on a Tuesday night. You still got to drive an hour from Luton, mm. but three thousand six hundred fans, and they were they they were incredible. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times, um, but we've got a, a big six game to go, um, and hopefully we can finish that off and um, and see where it takes us. Very similar to life at the Stags at the moment. It's seven games to go as we record uh, this. Um, I've got to ask you, obviously, I know you, you will speak to other goalkeeping coaches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've got a, our number one at the minute, Nathan Bishop on loan from Manchester United. Uh, excellent young keeper, really, really doing well. What do you know about him and uh, and his career? 
Yeah, I've watched I've watched Nathan, Nathan a few times, and um, you've seen him when he came from South End up to, to United, and um, he's been excellent this season. And like I said I've watched him at, at, at Field Mill a couple of times this season. He's done he's done excellent in the games that I've seen him in. So again, um, he's got a big career in front of him. Um, he'll be getting good advice from from people around him, and um, again, like hopefully that he can finish off the job at Mansfield before he, he thinks of going going back up to, to United and having a crack at it up there. Um, but yeah, fantastic season from from where they were at the start of the season. Um for, for Nigel to turn it around like he has um and get them <coughs> get them going in the right direction, getting playing some very, very good football, exciting football, um and winning games and again, which it's all about, especially at this stage of the season. I wish them all the best and I hope they go and go and finish the job off. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent words as well. Finally, from you, Andy, before we ask the important question, you know which one, the, the one about the cup of tea and, and the, the, the things that go with a nice cup of tea. Um, what what have you made of tonight's set? I think Pilks has been so open, so honest, and I personally can't wait for, for, for the next one. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's really good to see a Pilks, you know, looking so well as well. Uh, I know you do do a lot of fitness and... and you Stop trying to get him signed for it. your Vets team, Andy. This is not a contract <laughs> negotiation. Uh, no, but it's just it's just nice to reconnect all through these kind of uh, podcasts that we've been doing to, to see the old uh, the old guard, as it were, um, to catch up, to reminisce. Um, what what better excuse than, you know, 20 years to go through some, some really nice memories. And as Pilks alludes to, you know, they don't come around that often in terms of those seasons you get. So um, when you do get them, it's about enjoying that time, but also in the years ahead to, to reminisce, to to take every opportunity to to reconnect with old old friends um, and talk about good old times. Yeah, definitely. Now, great to see you as well, pal. Great, really good. And I, I well, will de- we'll definitely come down for a game. I'll, I'll hold you to that, mate. And yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to go. Are you cycling still? Or no, nah, well. I- uh, I had a bit of an accident, so oh, no, did no. You? yeah, I got knocked off. Oh, cool. no! So yeah, so um, yeah, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, oh, dear yeah. me. But yeah. obviously, just try to get the to the the cycling GK level. Ben Foster's pod. I'm sure you know oh, all about I, that. It's love, I love that. I was before him. Yeah, you were the, you were the, as always, Pilk, in my eyes, you were the, the original. Yeah, the, orig- the original. The original. Yeah. Uh, finally, we've got one final question to ask you, Pilks, as we round off, and it's not, it's a very, very easy one. Everybody wants to know it. Kevin Pilkington, what's your favourite biscuit? Is, is a fig roll a biscuit? Yes, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I am, I am a sucker for a fig roll. Are you dunking or not? No, 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 no. don't dunk fig rolls, no. Fig roll is old school, isn't it? Is that, that, yeah. that's, that's straight out of one of those orange tubs that you used to get in yeah. the 80s, isn't it? <laughs> Craig's, probably, Craig, yeah. Craig's, oh. Craig's not aware of that. No, well, I, I can vaguely remember my granddad, God bless him, uh, when I used to grind to his, he used to have a tub of biscuits. And Jaffa cakes aren't supposed to be rock hard on the back, but they always were. Yeah. They were always in this, this orange tub and they were always fig rolls and Jaffa cakes. And I was thinking... It, it was Irish. I'm not going to do the accent, but he was like, you know, get get yourself a biscuit, young 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 Craig and, and whatever. And it was a fig roll or a jaffa cake. And uh, in fact, it was a jaffa cake. I'm breaking my teeth, so it was the fig roll all the time. So uh, an excellent choice. Finally, Pilks, uh, what's your message to uh, the, the Stags fans? We'll get you on again for sure to talk about all the other seasons. But uh, on the back of this, what's your message to the Stags fans? Um, thanks for the support. The time that I was there, um, 
loved my time there and uh, I just hope that they can they can go and have some more memories uh, like they did 20 years ago and uh, get up in the, in the, in the league and, and go on next season and have a crack at, at League One. So wish them all the very best and uh, good luck. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.